Hello everyone! Welcome back to the Your Mind Matters podcast. I'm so excited to be chatting with you all today. We are going to be doing the highly requested update on me going off my birth control and what I've experienced since, the steps that I'm taking to help myself out, some of the issues I've ran into, and just kind of a recap of why I went off of it. If you want to go back and listen, I have two other episodes. The first one is called Bye Bye Birth Control from the end of February possibly the beginning of March, and then I did an updated one at the end of May. I am eight months and a couple days off of my birth control, and just a quick recap again, you can go listen to those previous episodes if you want to hear the deep dive of everything, but I'll give you a quick synopsis if you don't want to listen to those and just get the updated info in this episode. I was on Nexplanon, which for those of you who don't know, that is the little plastic, it looks like a little plastic bar um, that goes on the inside of your arm. So they actually insert it under the skin and it stays in your arm for three years and every three years you have to get it replaced. So taken out and a new one put in. I went on this birth control. It's the only birth control I've ever been on. I went on it summer of 2016 before I went away to college and then I had it replaced summer of 2019 and I got off of it. I had it removed February of this year. So February 2022. I almost hit the three-year mark but I had it removed prior to when I would have to have it replaced and there were a lot of reasons that I got off of it but the main ones were my mental health I initially started experiencing a lot of my mental health issues um, about six months after I got my birth control put in the first time around, but I didn't want to kind of blame it all on my birth control because I was also just starting college. I had moved almost five hours away from home. I was four plus hours away from my boyfriend at the time. I had just started doing long distance. I was There was a lot of different factors that were potentially contributing to the anxiety and depression that I had just started experiencing. And so I didn't want to blame it all on my birth control because I do think that there are a lot of positives to birth control and I'm not going to dive into them too much in this episode. I've talked about them in previous episodes, but I don't want this to come across as I'm demonizing all birth control for everyone because I think that it has made life a lot easier for a lot of women. It's allowed us to go to school. It's allowed us to have relationships with people that we might not want to have kids with, have a little bit safer sex, have a little bit more peace of mind and I just, I don't want this to come across as I'm telling you to get off your birth control because evil and horrible thing that we put into our bodies, that's not the message that I'm trying to get across. I just want to share kind of what I was experiencing and more so what I'm experiencing now that I've gotten off my birth control and some of the things that I've learned. So I got off of it in February, end of February. It's been eight months and a few days since then. And there have been a lot of changes, both positive and negative, but Um, I kind of cut myself off saying the reason that I initially went off of it was because I was having a lot of mental health issues and they weren't getting better. I had incredibly low, 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 low sex drive. Um, I moved in with my boyfriend who I have been with for over six years now. I moved in with him a little bit over a year ago and I had the lowest sex drive I've ever had in my life, which kind of sucks when you're living with someone for the first time. You know, you want to be excited about it and enjoy the fact that you don't have to pack your bag and go home at the end of the night or at the end of the weekend. Um, In our case, we did long distance for four years and moving in together was such an exciting time, but 
uh, yeah, my sex drive and my libido just didn't really match the excitement I was feeling about our relationship and this big step that we took. Otherwise, I was also gaining weight much quicker and just I didn't feel like I had made that many lifestyle changes um, to cause the weight gain as quickly and severely as it was happening. And I say weight gain because my body was changing not in a negative way, but I just felt bigger. My clothes fit tighter. I don't weigh myself, so um, I can kind of guess how much I gained. I've gained about 30 pounds since I graduated college in 2020, which might be hard to see when you look at me because I am 5'10". I do think that is a plus side of um, being a taller girl or a taller person in general. It's harder to tell when you gain weight as opposed to if I was like five foot and gained 30 pounds, you'd be able to tell because my frame is smaller. And I don't want to harp on weight or body image too much in this episode mainly because it's not the biggest factor in why I got off birth control, but it is something that has definitely changed before and after getting off of it and part of what I'm trying to kind of get under control right now, but also because I don't think that gaining weight is the end of the world. You know, it's not, yeah, it's just not the end of the world. I know I'm not obese, I'm not overweight, I'm not fat, but I do feel uncomfortable in my body and that's kind of what it comes down to. It's less about the number on the scale or, you know, the way I look when I look in the mirror, but I just physically feel uncomfortable. It's harder for me to exercise, you know, my clothes don't fit like they used to and it's just kind of a blow to my self-confidence and I don't want to harp on the weight thing too much because it's not the main factor, it's not the most important, and weight is not necessarily correlated to good or bad health. You could be incredibly thin and have horrible health, or you could be in a larger body and be healthier. So uh, I just don't want to make that a huge focus of this episode. Also, I've been dealing with a lot of body dysmorphia, which is something I will talk about in a different episode because it is worthy of its own episode and a lot of I have a lot of thoughts about it and just my experience with it over the past year so I'm not going to harp too much on it but my body was changing a lot my skin was getting really bad and I can't say that this is a for sure thing but I do want to share my experience in case anyone else is on Nexplanon and experiencing this I've tried to do some basic searches on like Reddit or other message pages not message pages what are they called you know what I'm talking about, like things where you can post, like a Reddit board. I did notice, so like I said, your birth control, if you're on Explanon, gets replaced every three years. So I had it in for about two and a half years, and at the two and a half year mark, right around then, give or take a month or two, I started getting really bad hormonal acne around my chin and my jaw, which is where hormonal acne normally crops up on your face. And it got so, so bad that I started seeing a dermatologist. I was getting medical spa treatments, a lot of microneedling. If you've been following my Instagram for a long time, you know this was something I talked about a lot the summer of 2019 and through the year of 2020. I had a lot of scarring and hormonal acne around my face. I was on a very um, medicated skincare regimen. I was really drying my face out, just trying to avoid breakouts if at all possible, getting a lot of treatments on my skin to remove the dark spots I was getting from acne breakouts. And it was like a really big blow to my self-confidence. One of the worst 
um, experiences I've ever had in terms of my self-image and the way I saw myself and just I felt so ashamed of the way that I looked specifically my skin and the microneedling and everything helped and my skin was pretty clear for about a year and a half and then we started to creep up on that two and a half year mark of having the second um the second round of Nexplanon in my body and I started getting really bad breakouts again and so I think that towards the end of the three years maybe there is some level of hormones whether it's more or less that are being dispensed into your body through this implant that's in your arm that could be causing this I really don't know that's just my hypothesis on it but it seemed like around the two and a half year mark of both rounds of Nexplanon that were implanted into my body, I started getting really, really bad hormonal breakouts. Um, and this time around, uh, around the two and a half year mark, I was seeing rapid weight gain with little to no change in my diet and exercise over the past two years. So it was just cause for concern. And at the end of the day, the mental health and the libido, sex drive, whatever you want to call it, those two things were really starting to be alarming to me like in how intense they were how intense these feelings were and I just kind of came to the conclusion after talking to my boyfriend talking to some friends that it was time for me to get my birth control removed and I kind of went into this with the idea of like you know I'm not swearing it off forever but I do want to get it taken out and see what happens because the last time I didn't have hormones in my body I was freshly 18 and so much of my life has changed since then that I really wanted to kind of give it a fair shot see what would happen and yeah here we are eight months later and I want to start off like in all the changes that I've noticed start off with the positives because I've been talking to a lot of friends and family about this and there have definitely been some negatives which I will get to but even with those negatives someone asked me like okay now that you know what you know and you've experienced what you have in the last eight months would you still like tell yourself eight months ago that you wanted to get off your birth control or do you think you're going to get back on it and my answer to that is I do not regret getting off my birth control at all and I do not foresee myself, never say never, but I do not foresee myself getting back on birth control anytime soon. And while I'm not on any sort of like oral contraceptive, I don't have an implant, I don't have an IUD, I don't use the NuvaRing or whatever it's called, um, I do still use natural birth control in the form of natural cycles, which is um, where I take my temperature every morning, I input it in an app as well as some other factors like my cervical mucus, like um, what physical symptoms, like if I'm having any PMS symptoms, anything like that. But I do take my temperature every morning, um, which is your basal body temperature. And your basal body temperature is relatively the same day to day, except it increases um, by a certain amount when you ovulate. So that's kind of how you track. And one thing that I learned in this whole process that I talked in depth about in the previous two birth control episodes is that you can actually only get pregnant five to six days out of the month. So it seems kind of crazy to me that I was, you know, keeping a constant flow of hormones in my body um, 30 days, 31 days out of the month when I could really only get pregnant five or six days out of the month. And that's something I didn't know. So if you didn't know, now you know, and you can do your own research on that if you don't believe me, but it is true. And so um, in those five to six days, which I will get into the fact that I'm not actually ovulating, but we'll get there in a couple minutes. Um, 
I am using natural birth control was the point of that little tangent. But the positives that I've noticed and the biggest thing that I've noticed is the improvement in my mental health. I before would spiral so quick. If I woke up one morning having bad body image, if I felt like my clothes were a little bit tighter, if I was feeling bloated, if I felt like I'd gained a few pounds, whatever, if I was having a bad skin day, whatever it may be, my thoughts would spiral so quickly. I would be in a very deep dark place very quickly for days on end even if the physical symptoms of my skin or my body or whatever it was that I was spiraling about got better my self-talk would be so bad to the point where I was researching different therapists I was looking into possibly getting on medication for my depression or anxiety it was just such an intense feeling that I could not pull myself out of Um, as quickly or as efficiently as I would have liked to and since getting off my birth control I am the only way I can describe it is that I am so much more rational with myself when I start having those thoughts so like if my pants are a little bit tighter I'm going to use for an example my pants or my leggings are a little bit tighter they fit more uncomfortably or when I sit down I feel like they're really squeezing me and you know they're just not fitting the way that I would like I will literally just go change my pants into something that does fit or I will avoid the tight pants altogether in the first place or if I don't have the opportunity or the option to go change into something more comfortable I can just talk to myself more rationally and be like hey you know what your pants are fitting a little bit tighter today but that doesn't really mean anything it doesn't say anything about you as a person it doesn't mean that you are a failure or that you are unworthy or you're disgusting or you're fat or any of those things like I'm just able to talk to myself more rationally and yeah I guess the word and I've explained this to many many people my parents Tristan my friends uh whoever will listen to what I'm talking about um the word that I constantly use is rational. I'm just more rational with myself. I can be more realistic. I can take a step back and say, hey, this one little thing that's triggering you right now might not be true forever or even really in this moment. It's just I identify less with the feelings and I can be more honest and realistic with myself in that way that like, okay, for another example, like um, I'm trying to think like, okay, in my relationship, maybe I've noticed Tristan's been a little distant or he's a little busy at work. And so when he comes home, he just kind of wants to unplug and relax. And he's not really in the mood to have some in-depth conversation with me or be intimate with me or whatever it may be. I don't spiral as much before I would think, oh no, my relationship's in trouble. Tristan must hate me. There must be something going on. He's keeping something from me or you know, Tristan is one of the most straightforward, honest people I've ever met. He's never made me feel like I can't trust him. And even still in those moments, I would be like really paranoid that something was wrong. And I just don't get that feeling anymore. Or if those feelings do come up, I can kind of stop myself and say, hey, you know, I think you're just kind of overreacting right now. Maybe you could ask him and share how you're feeling. And I find that in those moments, like, I don't, I'm not so quick to accuse him or anyone else of doing something that they probably didn't do just because I'm paranoid about something. Um, If friends cancel on me, I can be a little bit less 
hurt about it and be like, you know, they're probably going through something or they need this time for themselves. That's why they canceled. They didn't cancel because they hate me and they want to avoid me and they don't want to be my friend anymore. That's how I used to think. And now I just find that my mental health is a little bit more stable. I'm more honest. I'm more rational with myself and I don't spiral as quickly in all aspects when it comes to myself, when it comes to my relationships with others or just my habits in general. I can be more clear upfront and straightforward with myself rather than spiraling and I think that in itself has been the biggest and most positive change um, since I got off birth control and I'm really happy about that because I was a little worried that when I got off birth control I would still feel super mentally unstable and that I wasn't that getting off birth control wouldn't be a step in the right direction to solving my problems now this isn't to say that I don't get anxiety ever or I'm never feeling um like thoughts and feelings of depression it's just when I do feel those things I don't spiral as quickly or as deep as I used to so um that's been a huge positive change and I should note that I'm not on any other medication at all I don't take anxiety medication I don't take depression medication and so I just want to throw that out there there's nothing wrong with any of those things but I do want to note that because I think people listening to that or listening to this who might not know that uh, might think well girl your Lexapro is just working better but I'm not on any medication and I never have been I don't want to say I never will be but at this point in my life I don't feel like I need to and I also had a lot of thoughts of like maybe I should go on medication maybe I should get some depression medication maybe I should talk to my therapist about getting um, some anxiety medication or whatever it may be in different stages and at different points in my life while I was on birth control. But now that I'm off them, I can kind of confidently say that for the foreseeable future, I do not see myself seeking out any of those medications because I don't feel like I need them. I feel like I have a pretty good grip on what's going on in my head and how it affects my day-to-day life. So that's the biggest change that I've noticed. Another big change that I've noticed is an increase in my sex drive. And I've seen a lot of TikToks lately saying like sex drive isn't a thing and they just replace it with another word that basically means what we mean when we say sex drive. So in this case, I'm going to use the word sex drive, but if you want to replace it with whatever that means to you, that's fine. Um, I'm not going to get too into it, but I will just say that it's easier for me to get in the mood. I'm in the mood more often. And when the time comes to be intimate with my partner... Now I can be much more present in the moment um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm just a little bit more inclined to have sexual encounters with my partner way more often than I used to. Um, That's about as specific as I'd like to be because I don't know what I can and cannot say on the internet and what Spotify and Anchor will let me say. So that's as explicit as I'm going to be, but I will say that I've noticed a dramatic um, difference and increase in my sex drive over the past. It wasn't immediate. None of these things were immediate. My mental health was probably the thing that I noticed, um, the, the quickest after getting my birth control out within a couple months, but the sex drive thing, it probably took about five or six months for me to feel more in the mood more regularly. Um, but since then it's been great and I have no complaints in that department. I also should mention that on top of the natural cycles, we do use condoms, so two forms of birth control there. Um, I just don't want to, you know, give the impression that like, oh, take your temperature and then just have all the unprotected sex you want. I mean, do what you please, but that is not what I'm doing, and I wanted to make that clear. Those are the two forms of birth control that I'm using. 
So those are the two biggest benefits that I've noticed since being off birth control. I just feel more connected with my body and brain in general. They feel like they are kind of trying to work together in harmony. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. And I think that that in itself was worth getting off the birth control a thousand percent. I do not regret it. Um, But those are the two major benefits and major positive differences I've noticed since getting off my birth control. Moving along to kind of the downsides, things that I've been struggling with since getting off my birth control, um, and nothing has really gotten excessively worse since getting off my birth control. These were some things that I was experiencing um, while I was still on the birth control and they've just kind of hung around and I'm trying to deal with them now that I'm off the birth control, but that has really just been my skin and my um, weight gain. I've, like I said, I've gained about 30 pounds since being out of college and by no means am I unhealthy, but I do feel uncomfortable in my body. I'm not trying to be as tiny as I used to be because I also was working out way too much and tracking my macros and eating things that probably were not super great for me, um, in terms of like processed foods and, you know, artificial sweeteners and low fat, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to get too into it, but I definitely did some damage prior aside from the birth control with just, you know, my eating habits, my training habits, and the amount of stress that I put my body under. Um, I'm definitely paying for that now. Um, But since getting off birth control, I really haven't gained an an excessive amount of weight since getting off of it. Um, But... My skin has gotten a little bit better. I'm not having as many active breakouts as I was on birth control, but my acne has definitely not gone away. Um, So I'm not going to get too detailed into that just because it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, I haven't really um, lost a ton of weight and my goal is not necessarily to lose the 30 pounds that I've gained or even 10 or 15 pounds. I just want to feel more comfortable in my body and I don't really want to put a number on that of like I want to weigh x amount of pounds or I want to lose x amount of pounds I just want to feel more comfortable and confident in my body and another big thing um, that's changed in my life especially since we did the last episode of my birth control update um, I kind of stopped working out and not totally like I'm not like laying on the couch all day long. I say that as I'm sitting on the couch um, recording this episode now, but I did do some yoga this morning and I took Winnie on a nice long walk, but I stopped going to the gym pretty much entirely. I took exactly, I did the math when I went back to the gym a couple weeks ago. I looked to see when the last time I was at the gym, which is not a hard thing for me to tell because I take photos and videos every time I go to the gym for uh, my social media accounts, obviously, but um, the last day that I worked out was May 30th, and I think I went back like September or something, whatever 111 days was after May 30th is the, I took that much time off the gym, and I think it was necessary not only for my mental health, but also my physical health. I was at the point where I was working out a couple times a week, and I wasn't like significantly increasing my weight more than I had been lifting before, but I was having really bad joint pain. I was getting pain in my shoulders, specifically in my knees, which I should say, I have had previous knee injuries where I've dislocated both my knees multiple times. I don't have the strongest knees in the world, um, but the knee pain that I was experiencing, the aching in my joints the following days from these workouts was so intense that like I really couldn't get off the couch. I could not take Winnie for a walk without being in a pretty severe amount of pain. And so 
I wanted to kind of take a step back and try to do some lower impact exercise. So I picked up Pilates mainly because it was the trendy thing on TikTok. Like, oh, we do Pilates, it's low impact. And it was fine. It was definitely a very challenging workout, but it just wasn't for me. I didn't leave the workout. I wasn't like enjoying the actual um, form of exercise and just... I don't know. I didn't dislike it. It was definitely a challenging workout, but I think it's really important that you find ways to move your body that you actually enjoy. Otherwise, you will never stick with exercising regularly. And Pilates just didn't seem like something I enjoyed enough to stick with it regularly. So I did that for about a month and a half. Wasn't really for me. I've been doing a lot of yoga, a lot of long walks. I also recently got a bike. I've been bike riding a lot. I've been hiking a ton. I did a month long road trip this summer. We hiked just about every day that we weren't um, driving from one state to another. So I definitely have stayed active, but I've stopped working out in the way that I have been working out and moving my body uh, five to seven times a week for the last like six plus years. So that was probably the biggest change. And I surprisingly, um, when I stopped working out the way that I was in the weight training, I didn't gain an excessive amount of weight. Um, I definitely didn't lose any weight, but I didn't, um, like immediately drop a ton of weight because I stopped working out. Um, so that's one thing to note. But the inflammation was really, really bad, not only in my joints, but just my body. I felt generally, um, I don't think bloated is the right word, neither is water retention, just generally inflamed. Um, I've said it probably 10 times in this podcast, but my clothes didn't fit comfortably. My skin, my face looked really puffy, um, and no amount of gua sha was really helping that. And I just, you know, I don't feel like my, I, I don't feel like myself. I didn't feel like myself. I'm getting back to feeling more and more like myself every single day, but just, I didn't, I didn't recognize myself when I looked in the mirror and I didn't have an extreme amount of weight gain or any ex- extreme amount of change. But if you know what I'm talking about, you know what that feels like when you just don't really recognize yourself and you're like, hold up, record scratch. How did we get here? This just doesn't feel like me. And that's a really hard, it's really hard to go about your day-to-day life when you don't feel like yourself. When you have that in the back of your mind that you're like, something's wrong, something's up. What has gone, like, where, how did we get here? Where did we go wrong? What's up? It's a very um, unsettling feeling and I kind of just kind of shrugged it off for as long as I could and my breaking point was early July and Tristan and I went on a hike and I've been having these, you know, body dysmorphic feelings and not really um, engaging with social media because I didn't like the way that I looked and I just didn't really want to show my face or my body or anything online, which is tough because that's, you know, how I make my money and that's my job and my livelihood. So it was a very confusing thing, but Tristan and I were on this hike and I put on this super cute outfit. I felt really cute, you know, like I had my hair in these cute little pigtails and I had this green bodysuit on like the one piece romper bodysuit whatever the hell you want to call it um and I asked Tristan to take a couple pictures of me and I felt so cute in the moment and when he handed me my phone back and I looked at the photos I didn't even I'm like I feel like I'm gonna cry right now I didn't even recognize myself and it was just a very out of body feeling 
Um, and I literally cried the rest of the hike. I tried to keep it to myself at first and then Tristan noticed that I was like absolutely sobbing and we stopped and we talked about it and it was just kind of the point where I was like, you know, I've been trying really hard to be mindful about what I put in my body and how it makes me feel and watching videos and reading books and trying to learn things about what worked for other people in my situation. Um, and I just kind of felt like I was on a hamster wheel getting absolutely nowhere. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, I need to find someone to help me. I need to get some professional help here. You know, I need to go see a doctor. I would like to get some test run to see what's going on. And that was kind of the moment for me where I was like, this is not me and this is not how I want to keep living my life and living my day today. And it's really distracting me from doing the other things that I want to do. You know, I want to make content. I want to progress in my career. I want to grow in every single way that I can, but I just feel so disconnected from myself that something needs to be done and it's time for me to, you know, enlist the help of some professionals. So I found this duo here in Denver, a doctor and a nutritionist that work together um, in a functional medicine office. And so uh, that's, I, you know, went online, booked a consultation, kind of explained what was going on. They said that they could help me out. And so I went in for my first appointment and it was kind of like an hour, I think it was an hour and a half, maybe two hour long appointment, kind of felt like a therapy session. They just kind of asked me a ton of questions about what's going on, how I'm feeling, what I've been doing, what's working. Working, what's not working, um, what I kind of want to get out of this experience and working with them. And we settled on me taking a few tests. They gave me like five or six tests that they recommended, but it was ultimately up to me um, what I wanted to take. And I should mention that because I'm not seeing a traditional doctor, this is not covered by my insurance. I'm paying this all out of pocket, um, but that's kind of what I wanted to do in the first place. I wanted to take a little bit more of a natural, holistic, looking at the whole picture approach as opposed to going to the doctor because I kind of figured that they were just going to say, oh, you have PCOS, go on birth control again or get on spirulactin. And I really wanted to find someone who would help me not only figure out what was going on inside my body, but also help me change my diet, my exercise, my lifestyle, my habits, my practices, um, because I'm not really interested in taking a ton of medication to fix a problem. I want to get to the root cause, figure out what is causing this, what's going on internally, and how can we fix it using the most natural methods possible before we explore the option of medication. I'm not like anti-medication. I just don't think it's the first answer to any problem, whether that's your mental health or your physical health. And you don't have to agree with me. That's fine. It, it won't hurt my feelings, but that's how I feel personally. That's kind of how I was raised. And that's just my philosophy on it for myself personally. So I wasn't trying to find a place, wasn't trying to find a physician who was going to write me a prescription. I wanted to dive deeper and get to the root of it. So um, the two tests I took was a very in-depth blood test, blood and urine test. Um, and then I also took a hormone test, which was a saliva and urine test. And if you're interested in looking more into this, I, it is called Dutch Plus. Um, and it goes through all of your different hormone markers, your stress levels, your cortisol levels, everything. And what we found were a few things. Um, I want to start by highlighting the most promising um, 
result or not promising but just like the most encouraging and that was that in my blood test my thyroid levels were all at healthy normal levels which was huge I was super nervous because it's very common people who come off birth control that are experiencing symptoms of PCOS could have hypothyroidism which is a much harder um, set of issues to deal with um, than what I am dealing with but that was just a huge relief and I'm really glad that my thyroid is functioning properly and that, you know, there are no real issues there. But the blood test revealed that I do have high insulin levels, which if you're interested in learning more about um, how high insulin levels contribute to most of the chronic diseases in our country, I highly recommend checking out the book Why We Get Sick by Dr. Ben Bickman or maybe just listening to some podcasts that he does about the book. It's super fascinating, but a lot of people in the United States are highly insulin resistant because of the amount of sugar that we consume on a daily basis in our diets. It's something that I could talk about for a very long time. But if you guys want to learn some more about that on your own, highly recommend that book. I listened to it as an audiobook, but you could read it, listen to some podcasts, do what you need to do. But if you're interested, Dr. Ben Bickman, the book is Why We Get Sick. Um, but I do have some elevated insulin levels. So we're working to control my blood sugar spikes throughout the day, lower my insulin. It's not any huge cause for concern right now in terms of like diabetes, but if it goes unchecked and I keep eating in the way that I was before, you know, five, 10 years down the line, I'm going to have some more serious issues. So we're working on getting that under control and, Something else, if you're interested in looking it up, is insulin-resistant PCOS, which is what I've been diagnosed with, and there are different types of PCOS, or rather triggers or causes of the PCOS. I don't, I haven't had an ultrasound to confirm whether or not there are cysts on my ovaries, but PCOS, the syndrome itself, and the qualifying factors for it are um, being constantly researched. They are rewriting the, um, requirements to receive the diagnosis because it's becoming more and more common and there's a lot of reform going on there. So insulin resistant PCOS is kind of where we're at right now. That is what was revealed in my blood test and then my hormone test showed that I have elevated levels of androgens, which are your testosterone, as well as estrogen. And the most alarming part to me personally and my doctors is that my progesterone levels are so low. They are in the postmenopausal range, which means basically when you ovulate, your body produces progesterone. That's how you ovulate. That's how you drop an egg to become fertilized, to become pregnant. If you do not have progesterone, you are not ovulating. And in my case, I am not ovulating. That was not something that I really needed. I mean, like I knew I wasn't ovulating because of the birth control method that I'm using and tracking my temperatures. My temperatures were never spiking to confirm that I had ovulated. I was having some, um, periods and I talked I asked my doctors like why am I bleeding if I'm not releasing an egg and basically because I have excess estrogen the buildup on my uterine walls of tissue and blood and all that just 
it gets too much that like your body basically has to excrete it. There was never an egg that implanted in my uterine lining, which is what happens once a month if you are ovulating normally. And then if it doesn't get fertilized, your uterine lining sheds, hence you have a period. Um, because I'm not ovulating and no egg is implanting in that lining, it just keeps building up and building up and building up until essentially it is so full that it cannot build up anymore and your body has to get rid of it in the form of a period. And so that's what's been happening with me. I still have not ovulated because my progesterone levels are so, so, so low. Like I said, in the postmenopausal range, which is I'm sure most people listening to this know what menopause is, but if you don't, it's the point in which a woman reaches an age where you're no longer fertile, your body is not able to carry a child, and so you stop ovulating, you stop having a period, and you go through menopause. And in the postmenopausal range, your body is making little to no progesterone because you don't have to ovulate. And me, as a 24-year-old girl, I am making little to no progesterone in the range of a postmenopausal woman, which is super alarming. Um, so that's the main thing we're working on is not only lowering my estrogen and testosterone levels, but promoting progesterone production in my body so that I can ovulate and have a regular period every single month. Um, and that's kind of what we found so far with my test results. My approach with this, like I said earlier, they recommended a couple different tests. Some of them were like GI tests and like testing, you know, my um, gut microbiome and stuff like that. Personally, I'm not super concerned with that. I don't have poor digestion. I go to the restroom regularly. I feel like my food digests well. I was more concerned with the hormones, so that's where we're starting. Um, but down the line, I'm not opposed to getting the testing. It was just I kind of wanted to start with what's going on with my hormone levels and let's see what we can work on there and then see what issues persist um, once I get my hormone levels under check and then we can kind of go from there and talk about potentially doing other testing um, because it's not cheap. The Dutch test ran me I think like $500 so it's definitely not a cheap option and I know it's not for everyone. I just kind of want to share what uh, my journey has been like so far and what we found and what we're working on. Um, but just things to consider if you're off birth control, if you're thinking about getting off birth control, or you're just interested in what the hell is going on with me, that's kind of the update there. And moving forward, I've got, um, so after meeting with my doctors and everything like that, going over these tests, I was, I don't want to say prescribed because they're not prescriptions, but um, I was recommended to take a handful of different supplements to mainly help with my insulin levels and also help, um, encourage my body and put it in the right state to to produce the healthy amount of progesterone that my body needs and another thing that we talked about that I just want to note um, that's different with the birth control I was on um, compared to like the pill so the pill is a mix of estrogen and progesterone in each pill um, the birth control that I was on was progesterone only and it was actually progesterone, which is the synthetic version of the hormone progesterone that your body makes on its own. I know that I've said these words probably a hundred times and I'm learning so much not only about my own body but about the female cycle, about how all of these things are interconnected, how they work, how testosterone is actually converted into estrogen through 
different processes in your body and how having excess insulin can prevent the testosterone from converting into estrogen. So it's been super interesting. It's very like scientific and medical in the vocabulary, but I've been learning so much and it's actually really fascinating. And I'm really grateful for this opportunity to kind of not only learn these things, but like experience them in my own body and kind of figure out what works and what doesn't. So it's really overwhelming, but at the same time, I am really grateful that I found a great team of doctors to help me out with this and also to be able to like learn and see my body heal and change and just, you know, it's easy to look at the downside of these things and be like, Ugh, I feel so hopeless and why is this happening to me and why can't I just stay on birth control and not have to deal with any of these side effects? But it's actually been a really rewarding and incredible experience and I'm just getting started uh, working with this team of doctors and changing some of my lifestyle habits and stuff like that. So, um, But like I was saying, I was given a handful of recommendations for supplements to take, so I am taking some of those to help with my blood sugar balance, to help with my body creating healthy amounts of progesterone and minimizing the estrogen and testosterone a little bit. They weren't severely elevated levels of estrogen and testosterone, but high enough that we can work on bringing them down to get them at a normal range so that my, um, hopefully my body has a regular cycle again. That's kind of the end goal here. I want to have a normal cycle. I want to feel like I can exercise regularly and just be more in tune with my body and my cycle every single month and just it's it's all a learning experience and so far so good it's definitely not the easiest thing I've ever done and it's not easy to hear that you know your body isn't working the way that you thought it was or the way that it's supposed to it's kind of discouraging and um I've had a lot of down days I've had a lot of days where I feel really hopeless and like what am I doing all this for and is it going to get any better and you know should I just take the easy route and cover up my symptoms with a band-aid through medication and you know it's been a lot of back and forth in my mind but at the end of the day I'm really committed to making the best decisions for me not only right now but in the long term because I don't know if I want to have kids but I want to have the option I don't want to be infertile I don't want to be struggling with these symptoms the rest of my life I really want to find a way to live my life day to day where I'm eating healthy I'm treating myself with respect mentally and physically I'm exercising my body in a way that feels good in a way that doesn't cause me any pain or any discomfort and I just want to live my life the best and the I don't want to say healthiest but I guess that's the word I would use here uh for lack of a better one I want to be the most mentally and physically sound person that I can be. Um, so after meeting with my doctors, we've done a couple different things on top of the supplements through lifestyle changes or not really changes, but just things that I have to work on implementing every day. So not getting on my phone first thing in the morning, getting outside and getting some sunlight first thing in the morning, which hasn't been a huge struggle for me because I do have to take my dog out in the morning so she can go to the restroom and stuff. So getting like five to 10 minutes of direct sunlight in the morning and I've also started taking cold showers in the morning. One of the other things that was revealed on my test is that I'm not having the healthy spike of cortisol or the stress hormone that we our bodies produce in the morning when I wake up. And so um, my body's having a really hard time adjusting to the different changes throughout the day in terms of my hunger levels, my energy levels, all of these things. So getting that healthy spike of cortisol in the morning is something that um, my doctors really wanted me to focus on. So cold showers in the morning and 
sun exposure in the morning. Um, I haven't had to limit my caffeine because I only do like one cup of coffee in the morning, but uh, that was something they talked about, you know, monitoring and minimizing caffeine where you can. One cup in the morning is fine for me, especially because I'm not having a spike in my cortisol, but drinking coffee throughout the day or in, like closer in the evening is not ideal for me. Not that I do that anyways, but that's something to note that we talked about. And then the main thing that we're focusing on is my diet, eating a lot of vegetables, fruits, vegetables, nutrient-dense foods. Um, I'm actually going to go grab the sheet that has like the goals on it that I've talked about and my last appointment was on let's see September 16th I believe September 16th and my next appointment my follow-up appointment with the doctors is on October 5th to kind of check in and see where we're at so I'm in the I'm in the starting phases of you know this whole process on my own and after getting tested um but let me go grab the sheet so i can read off to you like what my goals and my focus is um to help my body start to regulate um not only my cortisol but my other hormones that are in charge of my reproductive organs and cycles so the nutrition aspect of this i knew was going to be the most challenging for me because i used to track my macros like all through college and then right before the pandemic hit i decided that it was just getting a little bit too taxing on me mentally and i was a little bit too focused on like what my eating habits were that it was getting a little disordered and i just didn't want it to get any worse so i kind of dropped the whole macro tracking thing and then covid hit and it's just kind of been all downhill from there. I can't really, um, you know, I don't really honor my hunger cues. I don't want to say I binge. Like, I don't want to use that word binge because I don't think it's that severe. But for lack of a better term, I will not eat all morning. And then I will binge on like a ton of sugary, um, you know, not so great for you foods like processed snacks and just high sugar items um and then I won't eat a proper meal I would drink a little bit too much caffeine I just was not honoring my hunger cues I wasn't eating regularly I was not having any sort of regularity in my diet probably for the past like three years and that's not an easy um or honorable thing to admit and it's something that I talked to the dietitian that I'm working with um, extensively because it was something I was really worried about. So we've tried to simplify this, make it super easy and easy to follow. Um, so here are some of my goals slash focuses um, for my eating habits. And I've I can confidently say that I've stuck to these pretty regularly it isn't about being perfect and never having any sugar and never having any sweets and not enjoying things that I like to enjoy but it's more about adding fruits vegetables nutrient dense things into my diet as well as eating regularly that's another thing I struggle with like I said I wouldn't eat all morning because I'd be full for my coffee and then I would have like a huge meal at like one o'clock which would spike my blood sugar which isn't good for your insulin and then I'd have like some candy or chocolate or whatever in the afternoon and then I wouldn't have a very big dinner and and then I'd have sweets after dinner and it just wasn't great so we're focusing on stabilizing my blood sugar mainly um to help with the high insulin levels I was experiencing, the insulin resistance, all those things. Um, but here are some of my focuses. Having protein with every single meal, 
having at least two servings of cruciferous or sulfuric veggies every single day, um, consuming seeds once a day, and following the color checklist, which she had me print out this sheet so that I'm having two food items a day from each of the colors. So red, orange, green, blue, purple, and then like your tan brown um, veggies like chickpeas or potatoes or whatever. Um, so following the color checklist, following a regular eating schedule, so eating every two to three hours, um, maintaining my hydration, about 75 ounces of water a day, having rainbow meals, which kind of goes along with the color checklist, um, and also having fiber with every meal. And like I said, I can confidently say I've been sticking to this pretty much every single day aside from when I was home there were a couple days where I was struggling with that and taking my supplements at the meal times that I'm supposed to be taking them with but generally they're pretty easy basic um food goals and eating goals and I don't want to harp on them too much because this isn't like a food podcast but I did want to talk about kind of what are some of the things I'm doing to start working on balancing my hormones I have been rambling for a long time, so I'm going to try to wrap it up here, but that is my birth control update from benefits I've been seeing from getting off of it, things I'm still struggling with, what I'm seeing a doctor for, tests I've received, what I found out from those tests, and kind of what the first steps I'm taking after finding out those results have been. It has been a journey for sure, but I'm feeling better and better about it every single day, and especially with the eating stuff, this has been a really big issue for me the past couple years. Like I said, I've had a lot of disordered eating habits since, I mean, even when I was tracking my macros, but especially since I've stopped tracking my macros, a lot of disordered eating habits, and I don't want to trigger anyone and get too specific with it, but um, I'm really proud of myself these last two weeks, um, how well I've been eating my veggies. I've really been enjoying cooking. That's another big issue I had before. I just didn't really enjoy, um, thinking about what I wanted to eat, planning a meal, buying the stuff, prepping it, cooking it. It just wasn't a super enjoyable process for me, but the past few weeks I've really committed myself to it and, um, I'm really committed to just trying to figure out what's going on and how I can best support my body through this experience and I just I just want to get my normal cycle I really want to feel a little bit more harmonious in my body and my mind and I know that all these things are steps in the right direction so I'm committed to it I'm really proud of myself I've been enjoying the cooking Tristan has really been enjoying the fact that I'm cooking for him now and in general I just feel like I'm taking a lot of steps in the right direction I'm feeling really optimistic about this experience um, I'm also documenting all of this um, I've been vlogging the past week or so for YouTube, that video will probably come out like late October into November because I want it to be uh, taken over time. It would basically be what I just, all the things I just said in this podcast. So it's just me checking in over time about how I'm feeling, things I'm struggling with, things I'm really proud of myself for and all those things and just kind of sharing my journey with you over time. So that will be coming to YouTube soon. But thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions about anything that I said, if you, you know, just want to talk about this stuff, my DMs are always open. Please feel free to send me a message. 
Also, if you guys enjoyed this, please, 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 it would mean so much to me if you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps me reach more people and just, you know, get those ratings up. Always a good thing. I appreciate your ears and your time for listening to me ramble about all things about myself. Um, it really does mean so much that you guys tune in whenever I have something new to say. There will be episodes coming again soon. I have another one already recorded that needs to be edited that will be out next week uh thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening to me today i hope that you have a great rest of your day and i will talk to you next time bye